Dean Driver is a songwriter, guitarist, and the brains and heart behind this eclectic little venue out in East Greensboro called Doodad Farm. He performed at our show back in June, and due to some technical difficulties, we decided to invite him back to re-record. He made his studio session a family affair and brought his daughter Riley along to accompany him on the accordion. We are sure you will enjoy this special episode with Dean Driver. So I'm going to start with the track song, the title song from my uh, CD from 2013, because it kind of defines who I am. Um, I'm fairly late to songwriting. I'm, I'm an older gentleman, and I started about, uh, first time on stage was 2010, so this is all kind of new and extremely cool to me, so, and kind of blowing my wife's mind, too, so. This is called Late Bloomer. Sure, there ain't nobody sure 
soul is showing just a glowing in the sunset of my life. Yeah, I'm a late bloomer, a bouncing baby boomer, like a honeymooner, a teenager in disguise. Banged up and didn't, but completely reinvented. Yes, I'm a late bloomer Finally opened up my eyes Said I'm a late bloomer Finally opened up my Now I'm going to do um, a song that I didn't really start it out to be an environmental song, a song about the state of the planet. A lot of people take it that way. Um, it came from a, an old Spanish poem that moved me to tears, and uh, what I, which I read like 13 years before I wrote this song. And then the words from that poem started came, coming back to me as I put the melody together. It's by Antonio Machado, um, the poem was. The song's by me. I stole it from a guy. He was dead. It was okay. <laughs> um, so this song is called The Garden. Let me make sure it's tuned up. You've been blessed been given everything stuffed your greedy pockets without questioning you're so convinced of your innocence did you think that you could take without consequence what have you done with the garden you've been given what have you done with the garden you've been given you're looking out from your balcony at the desert where the mighty forest used to be the clouds of smoke swirling aimlessly like the promises you promised like the dreams we dream what have you done with the garden you've been given what have you done with the garden you've been given 
at the dawn When everything was new We had everything we need Beneath the skies of blue But the hunger in our hearts Could not be satisfied And we all went forth And multiplied A seed of hope Sleeping restlessly Lies buried in the ashes of our memories And she recalls a million summer times She's dreaming of an Eden that we left behind What have you done with the garden? You've been given What have you done With the garden You've been given Oh, what have we done With the garden We've been given Thank you. Thanks to the Troyers for doing this. This is awesome. I have never had my pod casted before, as far as I know. So thanks for doing that for me and for everybody. Um, this is a song I wrote for this lady over here, who is my wife's partner, Laurel. And we have been married... For 31 and a half years, almost 32 years. Holy cow. Uh, been married for longer than I was unmarried. By quite a, a bit now. Wow. Crazy. Crazy how time moves on. But this song is called That Girl of Mine. And it features what I think is the, uh, the sexiest animal, which is the salmon. It's in there. There's a salmon in there. And that is because, I mean, you know what salmon do? What are they known for? You know, they, they spend their last, you know, hours of life swimming up this stream and jumping waterfalls and doing all this thing to get to that pool up there. And you know what they want to do up there. They want to spawn. I hate that. So, uh, yeah, and that's basically what, what relationships are all about, you know, <laughs> if you want. So here it is.
Have you seen that girl of mine? Her hips like Hollywood, her lips like moonshine. She's the queen of making time. She knock your socks off and hang them on the line. Yes, she hang you on the line. You'll be flapping in the breeze, soaking up sweet sunshine. Everyone can see she's washed away your blues, and you feel. When your smile came a shining through, it was then I felt that spark deep in my heart. That's when I knew. That's when I knew. Here comes that fish. Have you seen that girl of mine? I hit the jackpot. I found a gold mine. She tells me to take my time, but I'm like a salmon, babe. I got love before I die. Love before I die. That's why I'm swimming up this stream. Flip my flippers side to side. I've got to make it to the top. Spend my golden days with you. Yeah, you. Oh, you make me feel brand new. Brand new. Brand new. shoes in the verse before you got to do things you got to do things you got to do things you don't want to do you've got to do things you got to do things you got to do sweet little things for the 
future you, future you. And I don't like digging these weeds, getting down in the dirt in my dungarees. But I sure like a plate full of beans and my red ripe tomatoes and my collard greens. You got to do things. You got to do things. You got to do things. And I don't like playing by rules, putting the cap back on the bottle when it's still half full. But I don't like waking up raw, cursing the person who guzzled it all. You got to do things, you got to do things, you got to do things you don't want to. You gotta do things You gotta do sweet little things For the future you You've got to do sweet little things For the future you You've got to do sweet little things For the future
in the rainstorm We were laughing at the wind Up against a boulder our skin The moment captures me I get down on my knee I ask you for your hand And I wait to come I could wait here for years just to hear your whisper in my ear I could wait all my life for you In the kitchen Our silence owns the room You're staring out the window Bare limbs against the blue With nothing left hide I rise above my pride I ask for your forgiveness and I wait for the words to come to come It's nice to meet you. I think I've met you before, but I can't remember. Have we met before? You seem really familiar. Really? Okay. That's just a line. Well, That's just an old bar. Well, no, because sometimes, because sometimes I'll recognize people and I don't remember their names, but I don't know. It. We could have met before. Probably it's so. Greensboro's Another a very life. small town. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, my first question is, uh, what was uh, the role of music in your family growing up? Um. Surprisingly little, actually. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, my family, um, they had a bunch of albums. They had a big stack of albums, but I almost never remember music getting played. I don't know where they came from. Really? Yeah, yeah, it was strange. So, but, but I grew up in the, you know, I was born in 61, so it would have been impossible for me to avoid awesome music, you know, coming yes. up at that time. So everything that was on the radio um, was, you know, kind of phenomenal at that time and it was back in the days where you listen to the radio and you get everything you get r&b you get rock you get 
John Denver, you get, you know, it was all together there. So I didn't think in genres. I just thought, I love that song. I hate that song. You know, I mean, that's just mm-hmm. the way I thought. So it wasn't until I was like sixth grade and I had this great friend named Henry whose dad was this great audiophile and he was a, like a big band you know, aficionado and we'd go over there and listen to Beatle records on his awesome stereo. It was like, <laughs> oh my God. You know, he just completely opened my eyes. So mm-hmm. I've been hooked on that kind of music ever since. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the Be- I mean the Beatles were a great influence for me too, because for my love of music, because that's what I grew up that sound too. Yeah. You know, yeah, my mom timeless. my mom having those records and playing them all the time. So yeah, it's hard hard Very to beat cool. hard to beat the Beatles. Yes. It's true. It is true. Um, so as we mentioned, you uh, have your music venue, Doodad Farms, and I was just wondering how that got started. What was the catalyst for Doodad? Oh, just get comfortable, everybody. (laughs) Um, I'll make it as brief as I can and stop me if you need to. Um, This is the farm that um, my wife, Laurel, grew up on since 1960. So Mm -hmm. she grew up there, and then we ended up moving there in 2000. Skipped to 2010 when I was just starting to write songs. And I had this uh, songwriting hero by the name of Cliff Eberhardt fairly well-known. He was big in the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. and the folk scene up in Greenwich Village and all that. So, um, And he was my hero. So I, I found out that he was teaching at a music camp in New Hampshire. I went up there, met him. He was incredibly kind to me. That's and I awesome. ended up in his studio after the camp. It was just amazing. It was just a dream come true. But I came back from that camp um, all inspired, fired up, first time on stage and all that. And I also, up there, I, I realized that the, the Boston, most of the people that go to that camp are from the Boston area. And they had these great networks where they would play on each other's albums and back up each other in live performances and stuff. I was like, that's how it's done. That's how, mm-hmm. that's how you get into music. So I came to Greensboro and I tried to, to hook into that and with relatively little success, you know. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know, but I, but I thought, well, I'll, we'll just build our own, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I wanted this Doodad Farm to be not just a music venue, which it is, of course, but I wanted it to be a place where people would come and do rehearsals and have mm-hmm. song circles and picking circles and all that stuff. Um, so that was kind of the vision, and uh, with the help of my kids and my wife and friends and family, we we built it by hand in 2011, and. Uh, so, yeah, it was really that camp that, that fired it up. If it hadn't yeah. been for Cliff Eberhardt and me hearing him on the radio in 1998 being interviewed on NPR, I probably would, there would be no doodad for him. I love connections like that. You know, yeah. It's just amazing. You know, if this hadn't happened, this would never happen. You know. Yeah, that's what I like hearing about with musicians, too, those kind of, like, sparked inspiration moments that, like, yeah. propelled them to, you know, do an album or start a venue right. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you got to listen to those little voices, cool. those crazy voices. Yes, I definitely need to come check you guys out because for some reason I haven't yet, and I need to. So I will. I agree. You need yeah, to. Yeah. Mm-hmm, definitely. And everyone here, check out Dude at Farms too. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen all you guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my next question is about your songwriting process and kind of what that's all about. Um. You know, going back to my, my friend Cliff Eberhardt, he said two things mm-hmm. about music writing, uh, songwriting that, that I absolutely connect with. And one is, the guy who writes my songs is a whole lot smarter than I am. 
<laughs> think about that for a minute. It, it implies that, that the force for a song, for, for creativity in general, is something external to you. you know? And while I'm not a particularly religious, and that's an understatement, I'm not a religious person, I really believe there's something you know, guiding us, something that makes all that stuff happen. Not always, but, but the good stuff. The good stuff is like, wow, that was really cool. Where did I come up with that? I don't think you know. So, but, but I'm always listening for those, those little things like that song I played, The Garden, that had a, you know, a hundred-year-old poem that was the inspiration. I mean, yeah. I didn't sit down and say, I think I'll write a song about a poem, preferably a Spanish poet. And it was just like, <laughs> it was just that poem made emotional impact mm-hmm. on, my, on my being. And, yeah. and when I needed an emotional impact, 13 years later, there it was for me. That's mm-hmm. just wonderful to me. That's a and great I, song, by the way, The Garden. That was, well, thank you. That was thank one of my you. favorites from your, from your set. Thank you very so, much. Very cool. Well, um, I have a question from our audience. And one of our audience members would like to know, what is your most consistent source of creative inspiration? Speaking of hmm. creative stuff. <laughs> um. Probably the people I know, um, mm-hmm. where you know I'm, I'm thinking about how they live and how they think, because they're the people I know the best. And you know, either I'm, you know, trying to figure out why the hell he just did that. That was a crazy thing to do, or whatever. And I, and I just, I like trying to figure out how what makes people tick, and then I start kind of creating sort of alternate personalities for them. You know, I kind of make characters out of them. You know, those, I think those are the best. Those are the most fun ones to write. Yeah. And then, you know, then when you play it for that person and they, you gotta, you know, sometimes they catch on that it's about them. If it's a positive <laughs> song, you say, you're right, buddy. And if it's nice, I don't know what you're talking about. No, man. that you're song's paranoid. not about you yeah. at all. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not all, it's, you know, it's not all about you. <laughs> yeah. But that's probably the, you know, and then other, you know, like say reading uh, literature and everything you know mm-hmm. it comes from and some of them are just flashes some images you know that aren't even musical just images that mm-hmm. you have to kind of chase it's fun it's so much fun yeah i admire people that can like draw inspiration from like a picture or like a piece of literature yeah painting and just yeah. write something write a beautiful song out of it yeah and sometimes by I me mean, by the time you're finished with a song the initial inspiration may not even be, you know, you're not even thinking that. You've, it set mm-hmm. you on this path. It's like evolved into yeah, something yeah, else. Yeah, it made, yeah, it made you fall down this hole, and there's all kinds of things down that hole, you know, that you can use. But, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just whatever trips you in the first place, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Dean. I really appreciate you uh, chatting with me and performing tonight. So uh, Tickled to be here. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We are so impressed by what Doodad Farm does that we ask Dean to explain a little bit more about how artists and community members can access and use their space. We'll put a link to their page in the podcast description for those who want to take advantage of this community asset. Doodad Farm is a volunteer-run music venue and, and community arts center. And it's just east of Greensboro, North Carolina, um, just about 10 minutes from downtown. And uh, we've been operating again since 2011. And uh, we have concerts out there, all of which are uh, on a donation basis. So we, uh, the artist comes in, does their show. We have donations. People donate from the audience. 
and 100% of that goes to the artist every time. Uh, the exception would be when we have fundraisers like the upcoming Groove Jam on September 16th, um, where all the funds from that will go directly to Urban Ministries. So we also, so our events are either one or the other. They're either artist supporting or community supporting. So that's that's been our mode of operation for the last six years. Uh, we also have a, a monthly song circle out there that I personally host on the last Thursday of every month, and that's at 7 p.m., and it runs on often until 9.30 or 10. And uh, we just invite anybody to come out for uh, songwriters or people that just want to hear people um, creating new, new music. So it's a great scene. Usually we have uh, maybe 12 to, to 30 people out there sometimes. And what, we, what we'd like to see and what part was part of the vision of Doodad Farm from the beginning was for members of the community, uh, particularly the, the artistic musical community, to come out and use the space um, for free. That's, we, we put a lot of work, our volunteers put a lot of work into building and maintaining Doodad Farm. So the more evenings or days it gets used uh, making the community better, the better our investment. So if you've got, if you've been wanting to have a, uh, a song circle of your own or a picking circle or teaching kids how to do music or band rehearsals, as long as you come and leave the space the way you found it, just, just let us know and you can use the space. Cool. Um, one probably important question for our audience is, are there any cute animals? Cute animals. We've lost a couple of cute animals lately, but oh, no. we still have some surviving ones. Uh, Sally the goat is absolutely adorable, and uh, she's lonely having lost her abusive husband Rishi lately. <laughs> but uh, uh, we have a couple of we have a cat, a couple of rabbits, and Sadie the dog. We're down to just those guys now, but we're gonna we're gonna beef back up on our animals. Does that mean Doodad Farms is going to have cows? <laughs> no. That's an expression. No. <laughs> Here's the beef. And it's goat. Before we end the show, I want to give a special shout out to my friends, the creative team that helped make this show possible. Tom Troyer for your fine-tuned ear in mixing both a live show and this podcast. Nikki Tomeo for your research genius and interview skills. Maggie Bozovich for keeping us all on time. Naomi Woods for making sure I use decent grammar, and Kim Basil for keeping all things fair and square at the show. Thanks.